This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein, here with Pam Pivas, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Now, when it comes to home improvement and construction, there are a whole bunch of terms and phrases that people use that the rest of us haven't heard a lot, so it might get lost in translation. Today, in between your home improvement questions and things like that, we're going to help explain some of those terms like flashing and pecs and weep holes and things like that that we talk about on the show a lot. So you can join the conversation with us this morning. Send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys this morning? Well, I have a, uh, I got a question for Jeff Uh-oh. about, see if you know what this is, because I don't know what it is, talking about terms. A terms? Okay. Yeah. What is it? So what I did over the holiday was that, and I know we've had callers about this before, but my light started blinking. And this is an old schoolhouse fixture that Mm -hmm. I bought a million years ago. It's old. It's cool. You know, and it starts blinking. Had family in town. We changed the bulb. It continued to blink. Uh So I checked the breaker. I did all this kind of stuff. And I decided I needed to rebuild the guts. So now this is a lamp. Wow. Well, it's a hangy downy. It's okay. a pendant. Okay. Oh, a pendant light. It's a gotcha. pendant light. Okay. okay. And okay. it's got that big, big bulb on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. cool. Just, yeah. I got two of them. Now, was this I, when uh, everybody else was cooking dinner or you just set it down on the table and. Well, it was after out? the after my family left because we, ch- we just thought it was a bulb. Right. You know, because it started flickering. So I'd, after they left, I thought, I'm going to get up there. Of course, it was raining a lot over the holidays. So I. I got up on my little stepladder, and I disassembled it. I took the whole fixture down Mm -hmm. and kind of pulled it apart. Well, the socket Mm -hmm. thing, little dilly bobby thing, is glass. And they don't... don't, Yeah, ceramic. Yeah, yeah, they don't make them that way anymore. Probably Mm -hmm. not. Mm -mm. So I took that out, took that apart, and took it to the hardware store. Well, you can't buy a replacement. No, yeah. They don't make those anymore. Right. Well, yeah, they quit making them back in 1920. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> they don't make those anymore. Right. And so I thought, well, now i got to rebuild the whole thing. Of course. Yes, because I'm not giving up the fixture. No, no. So I want you to know, I ended up getting one of those. Um, you can buy these pendant. Yeah, pendant lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pendant light kits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just rebuilt the fixture gotcha. okay. with the pendant light. And then, and then put the globe on it. And put and the globe on that. Yeah. And oh, so, good idea. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to solve it. But the the term I was looking for, I answered it myself. It what? Was, it was the socket. The socket? <laughs> I was calling it a thingamajiggy the whole time. And when I went to the hardware store, I said- The bulb I, socket? Yeah. And I took it with me. I was like, I need one of these. And, you know, I was very hopeful. I know. I was very hopeful. (laughs) that. But the guy took me straight over to the electrical thing, and he pulled one out, and it was plastic. Well, it wouldn't fit. You know what? On the right side. I'm not going to call you out and make you feel bad on that, because I would have walked in and said, I need the thing that the bulb screws into. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, you know. 
And that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. When all else fails, just describe it if you don't know the term. Well, Jeff, do you get into any business? Um that you won't curse about on the air? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, we're we're you know, we're we we always have some drama it seems like. All right. So, uh I get a phone call from my plumber and uh he said he said, Jeff, I, I think we've got a setback issue. Uh-oh, Uh-oh. a and, setback. Yeah, and so w- what that is for our listeners, um, when we build a new house, we have property lines. Mm-hmm. And then inside those property lines, even though it's our property, the home cannot violate the setback. setback. Uh, so a typical setback, 20 feet on the front, Seven and a half feet each side, mm-hmm. thirty in the back. Right. Okay. Talking about so where the house is placed wh- on the where lot. Where the house is placed on the lot in a neighborhood, and and setbacks are determined by the the county or the mm-hmm. city, you know, where you're where you're building. So uh, this this particular house happened to be in a cul-de-sac. Uh huh. So when my when my subcontractor was putting the foundation in, he didn't take in consideration the curve of the cul-de-sac. Oh. So, a long story short, we violated setback. So, of course, everything we did had to be ripped out, redone. <gasps> Are you, you had serious? to rip out the foundation? Well, no. We had not poured concrete, of course. Okay. I was about to say. Oh, but, wow. But, but the, the foundation was getting ready. It was being framed it out. It was formed, yeah. and, and we were putting oh. our plumbing in. Well, then you need to give that plumber uh, a little spiff, because he just saved you yeah, untold he, amount of money. He saved my subcontractor. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. So, wow, that's yeah. amazing. So, yeah, that was the drama over the holiday. Okay. You know, and speaking of that, I remember years ago I got a phone call, and there's a particular neighborhood in a very particular town that's very particular. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It starts with an M. It starts with an M. <laughs> They're very particular. Do you know they built those houses at grade? There was no slope. I don't know what you're talking about. You see, you just said a word that we have to define. Okay, Jeff, there. whenever you have when you have a foundation, when you're building new construction, you do, you talk about this all the time. How much fall should you yeah, have? I, I, want, um, I want six inches and ten feet. Okay, so what you're talking about is the little hill that we're building the house on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I want I want water running away from 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 that house. Okay. Right. Well, uh, in no. this particular neighborhood, they didn't have that. Uh, uh oh. <laughs> and they were sitting like like you could take a level and run it from the curb mm-hmm. to the front door. Uh oh. Well, you know, it's the builder's responsibility to um, uh, have drainage. Now, how, however you accomplish that, it's, it's not the city's responsibility to have drainage on that house. It is the builder's responsibility. Right. So, obviously, they should have built the pad up. A, a good rule of thumb. Now, it's, keep in mind, this is only a rule of thumb. I like to be a minimum of six inches above curb. Above so, the curb. Yeah. So, okay. if my pad, if mm-hmm. my dirt... Mm-hmm. Is six inches above curb. By the time I get my foundation put in, I'm going to be a foot above curb. A foot above ah. it. So, in a foot, I can move a lot of water. And huh. uh, that, that, and again, rule of thumb only. Um, sometimes we have to build below curb. 
just because right. the lay of the, of the land. Of the land, yeah. But nevertheless, it is our responsibility to to get that water away from the right. house. Right. Yeah. Because this is why you stay in somehow. math class. Yeah. Because <laughs> you use this later. Yeah, uh, you'll use it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this particular place, and let's go to your other term, we polls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what was happening? My phone call was we got water in a bedroom. We don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. And so I go over there, and what they had done is that the house was built at grade, so it didn't have any fall mm-hmm. around it. And the weep poles, they had built up their mulch and stuff around the yep, house. Of course. So yep. where the weeps and weep poles are theoretically the vents for the brick. Right. You should have them every. What's the rule, Thun? 18 um, inches? Thir- 33. Okay, mm-hmm. 33 inches. Every every, so, every 33 inches, you should have a weep. A little slit in your mm-hmm. mortar between your bricks. Right. And people are so funny. They think it's a hole, and they'll fill it up well, with stuff. Right, and right because so, a bug can get in a it. A bug. And, and it can. Yeah. yeah. Perfect so, size for a cigarette. Our mouse can get in there. They can squeeze in. Yeah. So, But anyway, the water was coming in because right. they had covered their weeps up, and because there was no fog. All on the yeah. land. It was coming into the bedroom. Okay. Okay. Um I can I can see how that would happen and then be and then leave you with a water issue later later. Yes. You know, yeah, they were gonna have to do you know, my suggestion was to talk to a landscape professional about putting maybe some subsurface drains because right. that was really their only you know, and then you're gonna have to go in probably into the city um Storm, storm sewer. Storm yeah. sewer. Yep. Yeah, that's really, and that, that ain't cheap. Well, I wanted to bring something up. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned, and I, and I may have been a little harsh, okay? I mentioned this uh, <clears throat> one of many postcards I had received at my house that that uh, was offering to buy my home at uh, uh, something of a cut rate. Yeah. And 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 I I may have let my opinion fly on that, but I did get an email <laughs> and I I wanted to read that here. Okay, I just had to comment about the people sending mailers for buying houses without inspections and saying they pay cash now. These people are wholesalers and they don't actually buy the house. They are middlemen that secure the contracts and pass them to someone who will actually buy the home and renovate at bottom cost. They are not looking for someone who has a nice home and can sell their home at a good price. They are looking for distressed sellers who don't want to deal with the property any longer. They want people who have a home they can't sell through normal channels. They they aren't scammers. They are niche market buyers. They don't need an inspection to buy it because they know they are buying lemons. Most of the houses are going to landlords and house flippers. They will have to be inspected after the work is done. Just thought y'all might like to know that it's a legit business model and actually helps distressed sellers get rid of properties they don't want and no one else will buy. I had friends who do this, and that's how I know and how I was informed about it. So I just so I want to put that out there. I, I, I would I, I would agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I would disagree. Okay. Now let me let me explain. All right. Uh, I had I had. A one of those companies called me uh-huh. about some rental property right. that that we had had for a long time in mm-hmm. in the Madison area, mm-hmm. and they just kept calling, kept calling. I mm-hmm. said, "No, I'm not mm-hmm. interested in selling. You're not going to give me anything for it." Blah blah blah. Right. Well, they caught me at a weak moment or something, and I said, "Okay." Well, I shot them a price. Uh huh. And about 24 hours later. The guy calls me back very nice, uh-huh. and he says, hey, Jeff, I'll, I'll, I'll give you what you're asking. Oops. And, and, <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. I said, I, I 
I quoted you um, retail. Right. And he said, I know. He said, we are in the market of buying rental properties, uh-huh. and, and we've looked at the house. And it was a very nice house. Right. It's been rented ever since I bought it. Right. And uh, he said, we're in the market of buying rental property, and I want it. So that's why I said I agree and I disagree. Oh, they're I got not, you. So there may be some different not, motivations. They're not always buying distressed properties. Right. So, yeah, because if they are, it says you're li- you live in a lemon. <laughs> well, well, right, no, so I should be offended that I got that. <laughs> no, well, what, do you, what do you mean? No, a, a, another thing because look, I, I used to do a lot of this. Um, mom and dad pass away. The kids live in in Denver. They've right. got a house down here. You know, there's there's all kind of factors. Or different mm-hmm. factors of why a seller is motivated. And it is not always due to the fact there's something wrong with the house. Right. It, yeah. can, it, can, it can be. I, I don't, don't want to deal with I it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't need it. There's there's four siblings. Let's sell it. Let's divvy right. up the money. Or like in my house. And you let's know, put I, it to bed. I'm not going to paint this the seventh time. Right. I'll let somebody else do it. You know, right. I, I, I've got I've got a I, I, I've got a house in in Starkville that I will be selling in a year because my son will be out of college. Right. So, right. but it's not going to be a distress sale. Uh, but I am going to be motivated to get rid of it because it's sitting in Starkville. Well, you don't need much motivation <laughs> in a college town. Okay, I wanted to start out with an email. Uh, that is something a lot of us have experienced here, but it is very difficult to figure out if you don't know. Okay, hello. I noticed that both outdoor electrical outlets were not working at about the same time, even though one is in the front of the house and one is in the back. It's likely to be just a matter of, is this likely just to be a matter of replacing the outlet box or do you suspect something involving the fuse box? I've turned the switch connected to these outlets in the fuse box off and on again, but that did not solve the problem. The house is 14 years old and only one outdoor outlet was ever used very often. Thanks for your opinion. Kathy, I'm going to throw this ball into the air and let someone bring it down. I know what it is. You know what it is? I I know exactly what it is. All right, go for it, guys. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, if if the house is only 14 years old and you have in your house at various outlets what's called a ground fault circuit interrupter, GFCI. I spend my life chasing these things (laughs) now. God. It just the the theory is is that it's it's got a little button on it. They used to be red and black. Now they're all white because yeah. they want them to be you know consistent right. and pretty. Yeah. And so if you have a that the the ground fault outlet at the top of the circuit, meaning at the beginning, at the beginning, it's the closest one to the box. It will be protected, and it protects everything downstream of that. So if your outside outlets have gone out, probably it's behind all the junk you got in your garage. (laughs) Closest to the back door, there will be an outlet that you have to reset, or it's in a half bathroom closest to the... Now, uh, I'm sorry? No, that's it. Okay. Yeah, let's kind of talk a minute why we have those. Because if the weatherman gets on TV and says it might rain... That that GFCI is probably going to trip. It's going to trip off. It, 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 <laughs> right. you, you get it close <laughs> to water, it's going to trip. So people say, well, why do I need that? 
Well, it's, it is simply a safety issue to keep you from getting electrocuted. Right. Because water is a conductor. That's right. Right. And so you want, if, if you decide to weed eat your grass in your swimming pool, the, right. It will pop the outlet right. off. Well, yeah, and before that's, before it electrocutes you. Now this this is a real. This can really happen. I'm washing my car. Everything's wet. The mm-hmm. ground's wet. I'm a little bit wet, and I decide now since I've washed the outside, I'm going to vacuum. You're going right? to vacuum. So I'm going to run in. I'm going <laughs> to go to my shop. I'm going to get my wet vac, and mm-hmm. I'm going to plug it in. And the minute I plug it in, if it's not G G right. G F C I protected. I could be the the interrupter. Yes. So uh, I could be the one being electrocuted. That's a great example. And and that can happen. Yes. So yeah. Well, so one, if if your outside outlets aren't working, mm-hmm. what you want to do is work your way back to the to the circuit box. Right. Uh huh. And and I'll say this: if if you need kind of a vision of how this works, this is how is it? It was originally explained to me of how it works. Is think of old school Christmas lights. Wherever the last one, oh, wherever yeah. the one that goes out, right. that's the one you got to fix. That's right. You know, that's the first the first one that's, that's right. out. Yeah, so, so it's probably got to go back to that. And I'll tell you something. What and by the way, now, fixing it is just pressing a button. All you got to do is press the button. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we didn't tell them how yeah, to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> just push the button back in and you'll be fine. Now what they're doing, and Jeff, are you doing this in your house where they're doing the arc faults in oh, the yeah. outlets? Oh, yeah. See, here's another word thing. What are you yep. talking about? What yep. is an arc fault? An arc fault. That's code in the in the city. So they're doing, but it's not in the circuit box. It's in the That's room. Right. That's right. It's in the particular room. Guys, we're yep. at the 30-yard line. I have no idea what <laughs> okay. you're talking about. Arc fault is if you, if, if you get an arc in your outlet, mm-hmm. for instance, if you've got your shop vac yeah. and it's on the inside because you've had a little water issue mm-hmm. and you reach up and you say, I don't want to walk all the way over there to that outlet and you just yank it out, mm-hmm. there'll be a spark. And at oh. that point, if you're arc fault protected, everything shuts down in that right. room. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's a button mm-hmm. that's closest to the – usually it's closest it, to the door. It's normally – that button is normally in the fuse box. Uh, not not I said fuse box. In the breaker box. Well, in the that's fuse what box, I was asking. Yeah. Now they're in outlets. They're putting them like GFCIs really? in the bedrooms. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're doing both ways now. It's probably a supply issue, uh, I'm right. thinking. Yeah. But, I don't know, but, but I did a new house the yeah, other day. You know, okay, you're, hang on. You're right. Contractors are talking. Well, to me, if you buy an, let, let me just let the consumer know. If you mm-hmm. buy a new house and and you lose power in a bedroom, it's probably an arc fault issue. Yeah, that's oh, right. Okay. That's okay. Right. okay. And, yeah, and, and, and if it's in the bathroom or outside, then it's it, a GFCI it, it issue. Would, it would be your Yeah, ground, and if you want to see a GFCI and know what we're talking about and your house was built after the year, like 2000, all you got to do is go to the bathroom. And look at the one on the wall. There's usually a GFCI there. Well, and let me say this, too. These things are made out of plastic. Right. (laughs) So they really have a life, uh, I mean, a shelf life. Yes, yes. So after a while, you know, I had one in my bathroom that almost burned up because it wouldn't trip off. Yeah. So they they really have a shelf life. Also, what we do as inspectors is we're going around and testing those crazy things. Uh I cannot tell you how many times it would not reset. That's called failure at test. Oh. I didn't break it. 
I discovered a right. defect. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's go to an email here real quick. Uh, all right. So here's the question. Can a do-it-yourselfer reside a house one wall at a time? My home is about 60 years old, just 925 square feet, and has the original cedar shingles with several layers of paint. My DIY fantasy has been to replace the shingles with hardy board, and do the job in stages, one wall at a time as finances permit at each stage. I would replace the drafty windows, insulate, and install hurricane straps, maybe wiring, too. I'd appreciate your comments, John and Mobile. Yeah, I mean, sure. Sure. Yeah. A DIY I mean, there's a Yeah, because there there's going to be a stopping point, say, corner to at corner. Your corner. Right. Yeah. You know, so do do that corner to corner. Right. So you can do um, a corner or, or a, a, a side a weekend or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever budget will allow. Right. And then I think they mentioned something about replacing windows. Obviously, the windows need the win- windows need to be replaced prior to the siding. Yeah. Yeah, right when you on. take the, uh, you know, and what I did, mine had that old cedar on it, too. It was built in 58, so I had all, oh, that, okay. all that mess in there. And I, I literally would, as I could, ship that stuff off. And, you know, I right. took all the old cedar off. Because if you try to put siding on top of that, it's, uh-huh. it's going to be funky. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's it's gonna gonna be be a funky. Issue. So if you take that off, then well, I didn't replace my windows, mm-hmm. because, but I flashed them really well. Right. And if you're going to do that, folks, get online and look at a YouTube or something. Because if you don't flash your windows right, mm-hmm. you're going to create a world of problems. Okay. All right, yeah. so that's something. If you're if you're reciting your house, your home yourself, that's something to look at. Yeah, I, that's a project I would take on actually. Okay, a, a reciting. I've done some siding on my home, but I've got one portion of my home that's vinyl siding. Yeah. So and boy, vinyl siding is just like, <clears throat> oh, I you know I got out there like. An hour later, I was like, oh, well, I'm done. Yeah. This was kind of easy. Yeah, vinyl <laughs> I cut it with is, scissors. And, yeah. you know, there's some really awesome-looking vinyl these days. Right. Some really good-looking yeah, stuff. You're, you're right. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. The Home Improvement Show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. And uh, we're here taking your questions, your home improvement questions, and talking some of these weird terms that you hear a lot of times in uh, in home improvement things. We've been talking about GFI uh, for for a little while, and that stands for Ground Fault Interrupt. Correct? Yeah, sometimes ground it's GF circuit, GFCI. Circuit. Yeah, Circuit interrupter. Okay. All right. So we've got that. Um, Then uh, tell me what. All right. Now, this is going to sound ridiculous because it's on the front of novels and everything else. But really, what is a gable? A gable. Yeah. (laughs) Anybody want to do that? What's a gable? Well, a gable roof is whenever your roof is uh, only pitched on two sides and one side's flat. Or the other sides are flat, if you look at it, at the house. There's also gable windows. Those are little houses that stick off your roof with a little window in it. Oh, that's what I call the dog houses on mine. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a dormer. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. This says, and I can see why you guys are having a hard time explaining it, because let me let me give you the the uh, definition that Java gave me. A gable is a triangular shaped part of a wall that encloses the end of a pitched roof. Yeah. 
that's you know what? Isn't that what exactly, I said? Yes. Exactly <laughs> now, now take take that other term and turn it into a hip. A hip is where, if you'll think of your roof as being a lid on a on a container, uh huh, you, you wouldn't have a peak. Well, right, right, you, okay. You will have a peak, but the lid goes all the way down on your house. There's no peak anywhere. There's wait, no wait, gable. Wait, what did you call this kind of roof? Well, it's, it's a hip. It's a hip, hip roof. H-I-P? Yeah, hip, hip. I've heard hip. people say that my whole life. It's a hip roof. I've always thought they've been saying hemp. <laughs> well, that, well that's, yeah. no, that's that's just because you grew up in the eighties. Maybe yeah, you thought you thought you were smoking. Yeah, hemp. we have a hemp roof, and I'm like, oh well. Oh, okay. Is that that stuff you I grow just, and dry it out? Uh, every, yeah. every time yeah. someone said I want it, one of those roofs. I always thought about the grass roofs on Gilligan's <laughs> Islands. Every time I heard the term hemp roof, anyway. No. All right, so we got an email the yesterday. Recommendations for cleaning the outside of gutters. Now, I know what you're going to think here, but give me a second just here. I've not had success with removing years of some type of discoloration. Not under trees. I don't know what dark discoloration this is. Is this on the roof or the siding? No, it's it's on the gutters. Oh. yeah, And I know what she's talking about, uh, is that you will get... A uh, uh, even if you clean your gutters regularly, uh, it, it, you can get these stains from the leaves and pine straw and all their stuff that has been on the side of it, uh, and it will it will discolor. Say like if it's a white paint, it will discolor it. So um, they're asking, is there a way to remove that discoloration? I've hit that stuff before with a pressure washer, and no, that does not do it. So I don't know that anything aside from painting wood. Have you guys ever seen anything like that? Well, I've kind of got this, that issue going on at my place. Oh, really? I do have a lot of, of trees, and my gutters are, you know, they got a little age on them. I just had the roof redone, so mm-hmm. now I'm getting ready. In the fall, I'm going to actually tackle this issue. Really? So I'm going to try the concrovium uh, to try to put it up there with a little elbow grease. I've got some platforms. That How I'm do you think that'll up. work? I think it might. It that is. You would a, not believe the disco platforms I just had in my head. Yeah, you know, that and, you were going to use to. Yeah, no, I I have some of that. And let mm-hmm. me tell you, one of my favorite things that I've ever bought was a platform ladder. You told me about that. This is one of those little things where where the two legs fold on the sides, correct? Mm-hmm. And it's about it's four feet long. Uh huh. And it and and actually, my cousin got my uncle one. Uh-huh. I mean, they're just awesome because you can take them up to. I think mine goes to eight feet. Mm-hmm. And so I use my stepladder to get up on it, and right. it's four feet long. So it's perfect for what I'm going to be doing with my gutters. Something and, high up. and Yeah, yeah. something high up. And I'm going to spray them with the—I'm going to read the instructions on the concrobium label that basically says spray it on there, let it soak in. Uh-huh. Then go back and spray it again, and using a little elbow grease, try to scrub them down. Right. Now, mine have been, I've got some peeling paint on them because a million years ago, I tried to spray paint them. Right. The gutters themselves, Uh and it was great for several years, and then it started peeling off. Right. So I've used my pressure washer, and I did some pressure washing over the holiday, Mm -hmm. uh, cleaning off my back patio, but I'm going to pressure wash the the paint chips off. That will the, work. Yeah. Then I'm yeah. going to use the concrobium to kind of get it really, really clean. And what concrobium has in it is TSP, which okay. is 
it what is TSP Jeff? It's a it's a pink um Anyway, it, it dissolves crud, and it cleans things to help you get ready to paint. Okay. Now, if you're going to paint your gutters, and this is what I've been researching that is kind of a pain, uh-huh. is that you have to put a bonding agent on your gutter. So like a primer? Uh, yeah. Of sorts? Yeah. But it needs to be specific for the metal, and then you paint them. Yeah. Because so, gutters, when they come out, aren't they powder coated or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's a powder coating on the yeah. on the metal, and I don't have a lot of gutter space. Right. So this isn't going to be, you know, it's not going to take me that long because I don't have a lot of gutters. Right. Right. So I'm just kind of doing a small area, but okay. I would suggest, and maybe Jeff's got something, but I would suggest trying to clean it with that concrobium and maybe even the wet it and forget it as well. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. All right. Uh, real quick, let's go to Dave in Bethel Springs in Tennessee. What's going on, Dave? Yes, sir. Good morning. Good I morning. have a couple of things for you. On your GFCI, I can just give you something that happened to me, but that's not my main question. But yeah. spider webs strip off of GFCI. Spider webs in there, so I had one that couldn't figure out why it wouldn't reset. Replaced it in a whole bit and went through all the circuits outside, and there were spider webs in one of them that wasn't the GFCI, and that was causing it not to reset. Wow. Cleaned it out, pushed, ready to go. Hmm. But anyway, my question uh, about I had a question on plumbing a, a couple of maybe three or four weeks, maybe longer back. Uh, you guys were talking about I'm putting a floor drain in. I've got to add a handicap shower to my house. And I've got the floor busted up, but I've never heard of putting tar around the pipe in the floor. Now, I've done this before, and I put concrete in this very same floor. I busted up twice because we've had to add a handicapped shower for my wife, and I've never heard of putting the tar in there. It seems like the tar would be a whole lot worse to dig out if you had to replace that pipe or work on a broken pipe or something rather than concrete. First time I put concrete in it, was able to bust it out without even damaging the pipe. So I've never heard of the tar. I just wondered what the reason for the tar would be. Yeah, uh, Pam just looked at me curiously, but we talked about this a few weeks <laughs> We're ago. We're talking about the um, well, earth box underneath the that's tub. Right, right. Yeah, see, in, in, in construction, we put our, we call it rough plumbing. So all of that plumbing goes in the dirt, if you will. Uh, and then um, we we put our plastic down, we put our, our cables in, and, and then we pour our concrete. But there is a box that is around all of our plumbing penetrations so we can hook up our showers and tubs and, and so on. So when we get to our tub box, uh, we have about three or four inches of earth around that tub drain so we can get it hooked up the reason for the tar is because that area that i just described is conducive to termites so Uh we we put the tar in there and that will not allow the termite to get in the in the ground where they live come up through your plumbing pipe and eat the inside of your house from the inside out yeah termites and ants i think we're talking about two different applications here dave what you're talking about is building a surface drain for a shower where you're going to have concrete underneath that drain right there's no ground what i did was i originally had the just basically think of a slab no shower or anything there 
I went ahead and busted up the floor and added the shower and a toilet and so on. I put a you know holding tank in and the pump and all that kind of stuff. Right. The, the issue is I put down concrete where that box is you're talking about. I put plastic down first, put a layer of concrete in there to bring it bring it back to it looks like a concrete hole before you put your pipe in there. You know, the pipe itself did not touch other than where it came through the concrete wall and put my trap down in there. But it, underneath there, I didn't have anything but concrete. So it wasn't touching the concrete where the trap was. There was just a, a concrete hole there that you could see. You know, if I'm making myself clear, it might be confusing. But the only place it touched the concrete is where it went through the concrete to get to the drain. Right. But that didn't touch dirt. Yeah, you weren't seeing dirt when you looked down in that hole. And the, it's, the, it's yeah. the dirt connection. And that's that's that a the totally different. Right. Yeah, we're talking about a totally different thing. Yeah, the, the tar is there if you've got a dirt connection directly. Like when I look underneath a tub, now now we're doing garden tubs. Thank mm-hmm. God we've gotten away from those jetted tubs. <laughs> <laughs> but if if I'm if I pull a panel up to look underneath the tub because I'm checking mm-hmm. all the drains and this is a house that's on a slab, mm-hmm. there will be a hole where the drain is mm-hmm. and it's gonna be how deep how how deep you think that thing is, Jeff? Maybe uh, I don't know, twelve, eighteen yeah, inches. Yeah, at least because you know, you mm-hmm. gotta get your P trap in there. Right. Yeah. So I'm looking I, I can look over to where that drain is and if i could stick my head under there which i'm not gonna do right and i look down i would see dirt well you should see tar well right. and, yes <laughs> right and that Hopefully dirt you're is what tar. I, yeah i want to i want to block that with some type of a tar right what you're talking about is you've just dug out a hole in your slab to put in a drain there would be no reason for you to put tar That's in right. there Okay. Well, that was my question. That's what confused me a little bit because I don't, I don't understand the reason for the tar if I've already got concrete there. Yeah, yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> You're golden. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I hope that helps you out. I think, I think uh, if if you were starting this thing from the bottom, that would have been a great question then. So, but now you're already done. You don't need it. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and go to uh, John in Vicksburg. What's going on, John? I, I have it. I have a question. All right. You know, so a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned about, uh, you know, uh, brick sidings and uh, weep holes in them. Yes, the weep holes. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I heard about them, but, but it clarified it for me. Now, here is my question. I have a, a house that's about 40, 50 years old, and it has brick siding. And I noticed from time to time that there is, you know, following the rain, not necessarily always, there is a small puddle kind of thing in one corner of my garage on the floor. And, you know, I, I, it doesn't necessarily show up during rain, but it usually shows up sometimes after rain. And, you know, I have ruled out anything coming from the ceiling because there is nothing on the ceiling, you know, uh, smudge or anything on the ceiling, and there is nothing in the wetness in the attic. Uh-huh. And I have ruled out water coming from the outside because the grade is below where the garage floor is. And also there is a concrete uh, lip or whatever you want to call uh, and next to the garage floor uh, above it, uh-huh. uh, attached to it. So I figured it can't come through the concrete. So the only thing I could think of was you know, what you mentioned about brick, you know, brick walls and weep holes. And I thought maybe for some reason those weep holes may be compromised 
either because they are not able to drain out uh, at the bottom level or otherwise and also the membrane or something that's supposed to protect the inside of the valve uh, that may be compromised so my question to you is i noticed going outside that this is in a corner where the sunlight does not quite penetrate and so there is a uh, mold or whatever you want to call yeah. and that close and outside right so my question is you know who, who do i how do i fix this problem this is confined to that particular area and who do i call to fix it did you say that this was in a garage yes okay and how old is the house about 40 to 50 years old. 40 to 50 years old. Okay. okay. I'd be surprised if there was a weep hole in there. Right, right. I well, think... yeah, I mean. What, what do you think about my diagnosis? If, there, if there's a weep hole or not, I'm not concerned with yeah, the weep holes. I don't think that's I'm it. concerned at this point, if I'm understanding this correctly, I am concerned about getting water away from the structure. I'm not going to yeah. dam it up. I'm not going to. Plug a weep hole. I'm going to do some landscaping, and I'm going to move the water away from the structure faster because water is building up. And I don't care what what kind of house you build. If you have water rising at the bottom of your foundation, it is going to leak. We do not build these houses to where water can not a boat yeah, right. where water <laughs> yeah, can't get yeah. in and john so, yeah. I'll, I'll say this the the great thing is is that the plan a which is landscaping yeah. is probably going to be your yeah. cheapest option yeah so get the okay. get the water away from the structure especially if okay. you've got the stuff growing on the siding that says to me we might have some standing water there sure oh so, okay. Yeah. okay okay i think that's the okay. key yeah okay the, the, the reports are not a major concern there You know, the only thing you're going to have to worry about, John, is uh, termites, because if you've got standing water there, the inside of that wall is wood. Yep. And And they love. You've got a water source and wood. Yeah, they love stuff like that. You've you've got, that's what my biggest concern would be. So see if you can. I love Jeff's uh, suggestion. Just work on some drainage things to try to get the water and keep it dry. Right there. Yeah, get get the water if away from the house. If you need a gutter or if you need some type of a drainage type thing, but think water mm. movement, right. just like Jeff said. All right, thanks, John. I hope that helps out. Uh, okay, uh, one of the emails I wanted to get to today, installing a few new deck boards and was told they should be installed one way only. And Jeff, we've heard you preach about this for years, but when end grain looks like a rainbow, not a cup, yep. thoughts is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. So if the if the end of the wood is looks like a rainbow, yep. then you're installing it the proper side up. That's right. It's called bark side out. Bark side out. Okay. So just think where the bark would be on that mm-hmm. board. You know. And you can and, and look if you if you you know if you've been around enough years you've been on a deck where you have seen where someone's done this backwards and the oh, wood the has time. has cupped up and and you know how you know that is because when it rains it it holds the water in the cup of that board uh, and eventually it'll rot out faster than any of the others. I'm pretty sure I've got this on my YouTube channel, but I have some video of 
that particular phenomenon because oh, really? I was painting some deck boards and to get ready and I showed the difference. Really? Okay, cool. So check out uh, Pam's YouTube. Inspect it like a girl YouTube channel. There you I'm go. pretty sure it's on you there. You know, another thing that, that just I see it all the time. People will install spindles. Um, and it's it's more of a personal thing. It's not a I don't think it's a code violation, but when you when you're installing spindles on your deck railing, no, I wait wait a second. You just said a word, man. What's okay, a spindle? Okay, spindles are the little rails, uh, little pieces that go on pieces. the bottom and the top of the the rail oh, of, yeah, a, yeah. of a of a handrail. You would have spindles in between there. Oh, I got you. Okay, uh, and they should be a tennis ball width apart. That uh-huh. way, a small kid can't get their head through yeah, there. A four-inch sphere, yeah. sphere is yeah. the code. Yeah. Okay. It can't be because uh, they can't get their head through. That's right. Yeah. So, But I like those spindles to be on the inside of my railing. That is code, you know. Uh-huh. Is it really? Okay. Yes. I don't like it on the outside Yeah. because you can push them out. That's exactly why. There's a 200-pound weight limit. And the reason I know this is because I'm actually working on oh, a good. case good. about this. Really? Oh, wonderful. Where the railing wasn't wasn't built correctly and mm-hmm. somebody fell off and died. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. And so that's the idea is that you have a weight load against that railing. Right. And if if we call I say it's a baluster, but mm-hmm. it's same Okay, thing. well that's the proper name. Yeah, a baluster, it's the, it's the little rods that keep you from going through. And if it's, it's the, on the, the vertical outs- rods. Yeah, if it's on the outside and you push up against it and it's not attached well, it's coming sure. right off and you're going through. That's a yep. good point. That's yep. a good point, especially if they didn't use screws. All right, uh, uh, real quick, Brett's on the line near Biloxi. How to dry a leaky garage? You got a leaky mm. garage, Brett? Yeah, I have a, a garage that um, is a two-car garage, and um, I have water weeping up from the bottom. Um, I, in the past, it leaked in just small spots. Mm-hmm. I'd have a little pool of water here, here and there. But then, um, as an attempt to fix that problem, I uh, painted it with a uh, paint that yeah. I hold that is used on water towers. It's like a waterproof paint. Yep. But that made the situation about ten times worse. Worse. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you must live close to the water. Uh, not that close. Um, I, now, uh, now, Brett, come on, man. You just said I ten near Biloxi. <laughs> well, actually, I'm, I'm I'm driving. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I live in Mobile. Okay, okay, uh, and, and so th- this is not this is not rainwater coming in when it rains. This is water coming up through the through your garage slab. Yeah, well, it it only happens when it rains. Multiple day rain. Yep. Okay, which increases the water table. Wow. Yeah, and it can. Man, that's a that's a tough one. Um, you know, we had a caller several years ago talking about this very thing. What you're going to find is your dew point is so much higher in Mobile. Yeah. And the dew point is the amount of water vapor that you have mm-hmm. in the air. And then you add rain. And what will happen is that cold concrete mm-hmm. is going to sweat. It is well, like taking a water bottle he, yeah, out of a he, refrigerator. He, no, he's got a different issue. 
Um, what's what's your name? Uh, Der- uh, Brett. 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 Okay. Now this is not over the entire floor. This is just certain areas, correct? Well, it, it's pretty much the entire floor. I mean, okay. Well, if it's the whole floor, then Pam, I think you're. Sweating. I think yeah. you're probably right. Yeah, you've got a, you've got a, a, and and really the only solution that I know, and there may be a listener who has another solution, but when we were processing through this years ago with this other guy. The best solution is to put some type of air movement in there to try to dry it. Yeah. Some type of a fan. I do remember this, and you're right. There was no solution aside from moving he had air. Gone, I mean, he had done years of mm-hmm. trying to figure it out and finally put a ceiling fan and something that ran some air. It's just like, we, you know, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. We as humans sweat, and so right. a ceiling fan helps us cool down. And dry us off. So that may be your only solution, Brett. Right. Well, thanks for calling in. And uh, Daryl, sorry, we'll catch your uh, question next time around. And, of course, you can always send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And uh, we'll get to that question next week. Well, uh, it's time for, well, I was going to say it's our time for the last break. But that's all Move on to the end. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Tim the Intern. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for Wednesday at 10 a.m. for the Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.